Welcome to the Life Success and Legacy Podcast. We're super excited. We are taking on a worthwhile endeavor at Life Success and Legacy. Our intention is to honor Nelson Nash, the man, as well as the infinite banking concept. We're going to create a series of resources, including podcasts and text, as a resource for others who want to truly understand with depth and clarity what Nelson shared in his book, Becoming Your Own Banker, as well as the many seminars and think tanks that we were fortunate to have attended during his life. So who is this intended audience? Well, we will use Nelson Nash's own words. It is written for the layman, not for financial advisors, but all life agents should be thoroughly knowledgeable of its content and practice. So whether you are an individual, part of a family, a business owner, or a life insurance agent, this is for you. So sit back, relax, and we will walk you through becoming your own banker step-by-step so you can reference the parts you want to revisit at your own pace. And we might have a little fun along the way. Hey, I want to welcome you all back to our next episode of the Life Success and Legacy podcast. Um, we had an eventful uh, weekend uh, amongst various members of our team, but Mike Everett, you had a pretty big weekend. Tell us about bit, that. A little bit. Uh, my uh... My youngest got married this weekend. Uh, it was a big deal. A glorious, glorious weekend, I'm going to tell you. Are um, you a little little lighter in the pocket? Did you have to take some policy loans? Well, I did take a policy loan and uh, <laughs> financed, uh, financed a, bit of the, a bit of the wedding. So uh, now we've got some policy loan repayments getting ready to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Always got to bring it back to IBC, don't we? I'm telling you. In fact, uh, I... I you didn't include a, IBC in like your father, the bride's. No, <laughs> let me tell you, I got, you know, I only handed out two business cards during the wedding because I was a little, uh, I was a little glazed over mm-hmm. pretty much the whole time. But, glazed uh, over, is that another way to describe Misty? Well, Misty was good. <laughs> <laughs> You're probably a little Misty at times. Oh, buddy, if we get to talking too much, it could get there again. I'm just telling you, so... <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, That's in great. fact, my daughter, my daughter said, "Well, Dad, when's the waterworks start?" Yeah, she knows <laughs> everybody, you well. Everybody knows. Everybody knows. So it's just, it's a deal. <laughs> Good stuff. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. It was a, yeah. it was a sweet weekend. Yeah, I, I, uh, it, it would make me misty as I start thinking about, you know, if I were in those shoes with my two daughters, um, what that would all. Well, so like here, here's a funny thing. Well, this is not a funny thing. My granddaughter, Lila, who will be uh, 11 tomorrow. Can't believe she's uh, going to be. 11. I know. I know. She came up to me after the, after the uh, um, father daughter dance. Yeah. And she had tears in her eyes going, I was just hugging my daddy, my son. Yeah wondering what that whole moment would be like now lila is 11 going on like 25 yeah (laughs) so uh, it was a really sweet sweet time for our family it really was my oldest who's who's 22 lily um our family joke is she loves picking out songs ahead of time for certain celebrations right already has at least one or two songs for father-daughter dance picked out oh boy and, you know, she's not even dating anybody. 
<laughs> well, the funny thing is, um, she's got Sean's funeral song picked out. <laughs> oh my gosh. So we always joke Lily. about that family. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, that's your that's your totally organized daughter right there. Yeah, she is. She's she is a personal assistant for sure. <laughs> All right. Well, congratulations and uh Thanks. let's jump into this. We are okay. for listeners. Um we're in, we're in one of the sections that I think is really exciting for individuals and then also for business owners. And we've been talking about the equipment financing section. And in the previous um, podcast, we simply talked about um, the first uh, illustration. Yep. And, and that's really the business owner who is in the logging business. He's just really setting up this policy, but he doesn't know what he's doing with it, right? That's right. He's not using it to finance anything. And we, we can see that if it, those of you who are looking in your books, if you turn to page 54, just to recap, he's putting $40,000 a year in for the first four years in premium deposits. And he just kind of lets it sit and do its thing. Well, so then, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw yeah, this in. in. He literally, what he's doing is he, he makes his policy premium deposits for four years. And then he says, insurance company, I want you to do everything from year five on. And so yes. just to recap that, the policy works amazingly. He gets down to retirement age and starts taking out $92,000 a year till age 85. And when he dies, he still passes on $2.4 million. But what he did was in really the bottom line. And so everybody who's listening, I need you to grasp this. Yes. He literally just puts it on deposit and lets the insurance company handle everything, the investments, the dividends, the death benefit. He lets the insurance company do everything. Now, now, Mike, he stops putting in his own money in year four, in year five. Right. He puts 40000 in each of the first four years, but in year five, he doesn't put any of his own money, but there's still a premium. That's right. There's still a $15,000 annual premium. So, so he's, he's dropped the PUA. Yep. He's just putting in the 15,000 base. Where's that money coming from? Basically what they're doing is they're taking the dividend that normally would come out and they're doing what they call a paid up, uh, a reduced paid up death benefit. And they're putting it together to pay the $15,000. So I'm going to do a quick little recap. He's at $1.684 million in the death benefit in year four, but it drops to 1.651, down to 1.617. And you'll notice it just goes down, down, down until we get down to, I believe it's uh, year 17. Mm -hmm. and, then the, and then the death benefit starts to rise again. Now, once again, we're on illustration one where the insurance company's taking care of everything. But you will notice over in year 17, what happens? The dividend is 15,000 plus. So the dividend is enough to pay the base premium at that point. So that's the shift where the death benefit starts to grow. And from we don't then need on- to, We don't need any paid up death benefit, paid up insurance because the dividend is large enough to cover the premium. That's it. It's yep. really that, that's it in a nutshell. So it's, it's simple. 
And, and that is a really important point for us to transition on. Yep. Because if there's a couple of questions that I want us to address in this podcast today for our listeners, but there is a very common question that we get asked. All and time. that is, how do I make my policy improve and do better <laughs> and grow more? Right. Because, they, because people will read and, and, you know, me too. When I first read this, I was confused. I'm looking at this. I'm going, okay, so this first illustration's good, but the second's better and the third's better. And it just keeps improving. How is he making his policy better? He's, he's not making his policy better. It's just how he's funding the premium. And That's as you correct. just laid out for us in the first illustration, he's using paid up insurance and dividends to cover the premiums. The base but as premium, we transition correct. to the future illustrations, we're going to see that he's able to pay those premium deposits in different ways rather than using up the policy resources. That's exactly correct. Okay. So for our listeners now, we're going to transition over here. Let's see if I can get back to the page. You going back to 53? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so we're today, what we're going to hit is we are on page 53 and we are um, halfway down the first column where it says the policy owner says, well, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Can I finance two trucks through my bank? Okay. So now, Mike, we're going to jump into this and there's a couple of highlights that I'm going to try to get us to emphasize. One is why is he getting better results from his policy now that he starts financing his own uh, equipment? Number two, at the top of 53 second column, Nelson says it's really important. It's the wisest thing he could do to add additional policies to his banking system. So we'll touch on that as well. And then a third thing that was interesting is down in the second full paragraph in the second column, Nelson says, also note, he's talking about the dividends actually increasing. And so all of these are actually tied together, and we'll touch on these as we go through it. So first of all, Mike, um, get us into the mindset of Nelson and this equipment financing, uh, this business owner. He's, he's done this policy the first time, but now he's still financing equipment through a bank. Now he goes, wow, can I finance two trucks through my bank? Take us from there. Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna shift over to the illustration uh, the illustration three because we've already done one truck in the, in the last one, did we not? Well, yes, uh, yeah. Yes. So we had financed the the, the one truck mm -hmm. in the last because we had jumped to no trucks mm -hmm. to one truck, and the results were different in the illustration two so i remember in illustration one there was no financing then we did one truck and it just so happened that he wasn't taking out ninety two thousand dollars a year he was taking out a hundred and a quarter and he wasn't passing on 2.4 but he passed on 3.1 at the time of death that's right now 3.1 million dollars to the next generation so now all of a sudden we're over to illustration three which is on page 60 so you've got to think now, what is the first thing that we, uh, we talk about is we, we talk about thinking long-term and number two is 
don't be afraid to capitalize. Well, this business owner has not been afraid to capitalize. He threw $40,000 in here for four years. It's the same $160,000. But what we're doing is we're looking at results now. So in illustration one, you know, we had the paid up insurance and the dividends going to pay uh, the premium in illustration two, we had the same exact thing, but we were only financing one truck. So the question we're starting with is, can I do two trucks? Well, we go back to the same exact illustration. They're all the same for the first four years. We have the 40,000 in, that's the 160. He's got 157, 363. But now he's going to do two trucks. So two trucks is $52,600 twice. And then how much were his payments? They were $1,500 per truck or $3,000 a month to finance those two trucks. So that means if you take the $3,000 times 12, if you will look, and I'm gonna just go to, to line six in this illustration, you see the $36,000, that's the dollars that he's paying back in towards truck payments. But then there may be somebody who's going, wait a second here, what's this negative 69,200? So if you take, and, and I'm doing this on my calculator so we, so we can look at this together. If you take 52,600 times two, that's 105,200 that he is able to take as a policy loan to finance the two trucks. But yet he paid in how much? $3,000 a month or $36,000 a year. So I'm going to subtract the $36,000 out of that. And it is a negative 69.2. That's the first year deficit from him financing the trucks for the first year. So everybody needs to see that. That's why we're in a negative column. But yet go over to the far right-hand column real quick. We're at 1.684 million, the same exact death benefit, but yet we're still going down how many years? One. One year. So in the very first one, when he did no financing, it took 17 years. In the second one, when we did this, it took one, two, three, four. We're going down, down, down. It took to year 10, but yet in year seven, it took two years of financing. So the question we always get is, how do I make this go faster? How do I make my policy better? You have to utilize your system to finance the stuff that you're already financing in an outside source. So anybody who has listened to our podcast, we talk about outside debt. We talk about inside debt. We talk about the wind current, the headwind, and the tailwind, what he's done is he has shifted that outside debt to inside debt. So he has started to control the wind current very quickly to be able to make that happen. So if this is truly happening and, he, and it's only taken literally two years after he's done this, where are those premiums getting paid from? His debt payments. His debt payments. So the payments that he was actually financing in an outside source, he's now financing with his own policy loans 
he's actually paying more than enough to cover what? The base premium of $15,000. He's sending in $36,000. Is that going to easily pay a $15,000 base premium? So keep in mind, when, when Nelson explained this to us years and years ago, there's about six or seven calculations on every single one of these lines. Mm -hmm. There's no way that we would actually be able to just take these up, pull them out of a blender and go, what in the world is going on? But yet Nelson, because he's got this actuarial mind, by the way, I do not. Um, <laughs> you know, so you do this in year, year five and you do it in year nine, you do it in year 13 and so on. Every four years, he's financing two trucks, two trucks, two trucks every four years. Well, son of a gun, let's go down to retirement age. He's not pulling out 92. He's not pulling out 125 a year. He's now pulling out $150,000 a year at retirement. Now, the question I would ask somebody who's saying, well, why did that happen? Well, number one, it was because he was using his own dollars through policy loans to finance his stuff. And the second question I would ask is, did it have anything to do with the insurance company? Nope. It did not. But yet everybody, we, we get tons and tons of people that ask, well, what about dividends? What about rates of return? What about, uh, you know, return on investment? We get all of these things, but it has 100% to do with the policy owner and how he functions with his own dollars. So the fact that this business owner figures out that, hey, I've got a pool of money that I can now use to finance my trucks and equipment instead of financing it at an outside source. Um, what that does is now that he's turning those payments on his, on his equipment towards his policy. Inward, right. He is freeing up his death benefit and his dividends to continue to do what the policy was designed to do in the first place. Oh my goodness. It's the same darn policy. It it's is just how he's funding the uh, premiums. And in these later examples, he's using his debt payments to fund his premiums instead of paid up life insurance and dividends. It's, it's that simple. It's that simple, but here's the great thing. Uh, you, you know, a lot of the people, if they've read Nelson's book, there's this uh, there's this term in here called cogeneration. So that. what what yeah so what's happened is we have taken an old school dividend paying whole life insurance and we've just rearranged internally how this thing is functioning and we've put all of the control over into the policy owner's hands. Mm -hmm. It's 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 amazing. There's another question that we get a lot. Because people hear that Nelson owned 49 life insurance policies at one point. Mike Everett's got 19. Yep. Chris Bay's got 10. You know, and the question is, well, why do you need more than one policy? And Nelson talks here in a couple of spots in this section. I'm at the bottom of the first column on page 53. Um, he makes a comment here. He says, um, I, can I finance three trucks through the system? And Nelson says, in this case, he's trying to do too much financing with too little capital. He would be wiser to establish a branch office 
to his banking system by capitalizing another policy. He says it's theoretically possible to do so. And at the top of the next column, he says, remember, the wisest thing he could do is add additional policies to his banking system as early as possible to enhance his ability to finance his entire inventory of equipment. So Mike, can you talk a little bit about why would someone want to have additional policies? And I mean, our observation is in the beginning when someone starts one or two or four policies or whatever, they're like, well, why would I need to add more? And we said, well, your capacity in the future, you're gonna need more to borrow. So can you talk a little bit about that? Well, you know, there's a, uh, there's a dual thought process going on in my head right now. So number one, we, we have a, a number of clients who come to us who are, I'm gonna just say 45 plus. Okay, so I was 50 when I started my plan. And I literally thought when, when I started my policies that I was doing this not for myself, but I was doing this for future generations. Now, keep in mind, I didn't have grandkids when this all happened. So I thought the best thing that I could possibly do is buy a ton of whole life insurance policies designed for IBC because at one point in time, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going graduate. to die. Yeah, I'm gonna graduate. <laughs> That's what Nelson used to always say, I'm gonna graduate. So that means that if I have done my due diligence and capitalized these policies and built them, then, it, then somewhere down the road when I do graduate, there will be a flow of money that will go income tax-free to my wife, my kids, and now my grandkids. Mm -hmm. And so by doing this, what you're doing is you are thinking about future generations. That's that think, uh, think long-term. You're capitalizing your system generously by floodloading cash in here. But if you do this properly, then what happens is your pool will be larger so that you can begin the financing process as early as possible. Now, I, I've done this, I've done the calculations a million different ways. So how fast does 20 years in our life go? Pretty darn fast. So if you go to any illustration, and I don't care if it was the ones that Nelson did in 99 and 2000 or the ones that we're doing in 2021 right now, when you get to year 20 and the growth between year 20 and 21 is fairly substantial. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use a dollar because I want it to be really simple. If you put a dollar in in premium deposits and that dollar grows by $2, and I'm just using that as a generalization, it could be a buck 50, it could be 225, but I'm just using $2 for people. So you'll be able to get understand this. When do you want that to happen? Never. <laughs> yes, you do. You want that no, to happen. I don't want it to ever stop. I was yeah, expecting yeah. when you so, want yeah. it to stop. Yeah. I, so I you, you, when do you want time. it to stop? You, you never want it to stop, but, but how soon do you want that to happen? As soon as possible. As soon as possible. So you think about this. We have, we've had a number of people who have waited 
one and two and three and sometimes four plus years to start their policies. So if you waited four years, that means that year 20 would actually be year 16. Now, I'm not trying to do this as a sales ploy or anything else because when you buy a dividend paying whole life insurance policy designed for IBC, it is just going to happen. And we want people to understand that we want to push you down the road as far as we can. But yet now we're talking about additional policies. So we have a number of people say, why would I need another policy? Mm-hmm. Well, you may or you may not, but we want to make sure that it's the right thing to do. And, and I, I'm, I'm kind of rambling a little bit, which I do often. Um, we look at your entire financial picture before we think or would even suggest that you might need additional policies. So we have a thing at Life Success and Legacy. If we can't put you in a better place tomorrow than you are today, then then IBC or additional policies may not be a good thing to do. So back up here on the top, it says, Remember, the wisest thing he could do is add additional policies to his banking system as early as possible to enhance his ability to finance his entire operation. Now, keep in mind, this is the equipment financing section, and this guy has cash flow. He has a large amount of cash flow coming back into the system. So what's happening is when he financed two trucks, he took a larger policy loan, and it kind of thwarted the internal growth just slightly in the policy. So could he have utilized this? And and we get down here, can he do two trucks? Can he do three trucks? He could do as much as possible with the ability that he has in the internal portion of the policy. But yet we've got to be wise in how the the, uh, policy has the ability to make that financing capable capability possible. Does that make sense? Yeah, there's a couple of factors that I think about. In fact, we've got a, a boot camp coming up. And one of the questions that an, a, a, someone who's attending had asked is, how do you decide when to add a new policy? And there's a couple of factors that come into mind for me. I'll just kind of bullet point these. Mm-hmm. One is, um, do either I or someone else that I have an insurable interest in, do I need life insurance on them? Because it's still life insurance, right? Right. And, and so that's one of the questions I ask. So for example, if I don't have enough on myself or if I don't have um, enough death benefit on my wife or kids or business partners or whoever, yep. that might be a reason to add an additional policy. Absolutely. And again, that's going to be a conversation as to what type of policy and all those things, mm-hmm. what size and all that. But there's another factor that goes into this, and I think it ties back to the equipment financing, is this gentleman starts seeing the capacity to finance more and more of his equipment. Well, and as his business becomes more and more profitable, don't you think he might want to expand his business? 100%. And at some point, he's going to reach a, a cap on how much he can borrow to finance more. I'll give you some other examples of just clients. We have clients where they turn the wind current on their personal debt. Okay, they pay off their credit cards, their cars, um, student loans, maybe even their mortgage. But now they're in the mindset of, 
well, I want to start building passive income. And they start doing other types of investments, whether it's real estate or, or other types of things that create mm-hmm. cash flow. Well, when you're starting to take on real estate and you're buying houses, you're going to need a big chunk, a big pool to finance yes. those things. And you may not have enough in just one policy. No, you and won't. So as you start to build your, um, your system of passive income, financing family debt is another example. Yep. You want to have enough capacity where you're not limited to do those things. And the way to do that, again, when we look at your whole plan and all your finances in context, is expand your system. That's exactly okay. right. You're, when you have an expanded system, for example, if you look at a small bank, they can't take on big projects. But if you look at a big bank, they can take on big projects. That's it's exactly the right. same thing. Okay. Anything else you want to add on that piece? No, I think that's super good. Okay. One last uh, part I want to touch on, and this is in the second column on page 53, the second full paragraph, and it has to do with dividends. And, and Mike, Nelson says that um, in column five, line 36, um, on illustration number one, his dividend was 71,942. Now compare it with the same point in illustration number four, and it's 140,279. Right. And he, he points out that the life insurance company's dividend scale did not change. Why is the dividend so much bigger in those two comparisons? It, it didn't have anything to do with the insurance company. It had to do with the policy owner and how he functioned with his own money. End of yeah, story. Be, because in illustration number one, wasn't he using dividends to help support his premiums? Yes. But as we get down to illustration number four, he has now financed more and more equipment where those equipment payments that were going to the bank are now going towards premium payments. So he doesn't need the dividends to cover his premiums. And so that's why his dividend amount is so much a double really. Yeah, it, it double, is. Cause he's not using his dividends to pay premiums. He's using his dividends. Um, well, in our case, what we coach people to do is <laughs> use those dividends to buy up more paid up insurance. That's right. So that death benefit is growing, which creates more bigger dividends, dividends. That's and right. more cash value. That's right. So, okay. So um, good stuff. We have walked through now um, where this business owner has financed equipment, including um, trucks, tractors, shears. Mm. The next podcast, what I'd like to jump into is now, how can we improve results even further? And Nelson starts talking about some things that uh, we'll discuss in our next podcast. Sound good? Sounds awesome. All right. Thank you, Mike Everett. Appreciate Thanks, your insights. Chris Bay. Love doing this stuff. And, and I hate to admit this, but I, I learn more and more every time I listen to you. <laughs> even going through, you know, having done this and coached people for Gosh, since what, 2012, 2013 or something? Yeah, yeah. I uh, I still learn more and more when we go through this book together. Yeah, it's fun. It is. All right, to our listeners, thanks for joining us. Uh, catch us on our next episode um, of the Life, Success, and Legacy podcast. 
Um, also check out our books, uh, our other resources that we've got on our website at lifesuccesslegacy.com. Really appreciate you guys joining us. Thank you so much. We'll catch you next time.